Hey, Digitally China is produced together with our friends at Radii, this awesome independent media platform. If you're interested in culture and innovation in China, you should definitely check out RadiiChina.com. They'll give you an inside look into everything from China's underground music scene to bike sharing. That's RadiiChina.com. So last week we were reading the news about Amazon exiting the Chinese market with their domestic e-commerce business, marking another foreign internet company leaving the market. We still have a fresh memory of the recent news about Apple struggling with growth in China, and also remember Uber after burning through a billion US in losses per year, finally exiting China a few years ago. And then around the same time, an article came out about the Indian hotel startup called. Oyo or OYO, having success in China, hosting thousands of rooms and being able to successfully execute on the local market here. And considering how big the Chinese market is and how potentially lucrative, it will be critical for any company that wants to go global to at least have an idea of how to tackle this market, which is what we're trying to find out in this episode. Welcome to Digitally China, a podcast about the fascinating Chinese, Chinese tech, tech industry. industry created together with Radii. I'm Eva. I'm Jacob, and I'm Tom. According to various studies, China's gaming industry is now, in fact, the largest in the world. You may know their messaging app called WeChat. Chinese outbound M&A. Chinese corporates are buying international yeah. companies at record pace. The hottest phone you've probably never heard of. China's Xiaomi, yes, it's state. It's claim to Apple's credit. Major deal over in China. You have Chinese tech giant Tencent leading an $8.6 billion acquisition to buy a major stake in Supercell. $14.3 billion in sales clocked by a Chinese e-commerce site in one wild day. So to be honest, I hadn't heard about Oyo until very recently, maybe、um, just a few weeks ago. Because in Beijing, at least, you don't see any Oyo hotels, or at least I've never seen, I've never come across or stayed at any of their hotels here. So I actually found out about Oyo in a pretty random or serendipitous way, which is Twitter. One of my contacts had posted this article about Oyo, and I'd never heard of it. And what caught my eye was that it said that a foreign startup was doing really well in the hospitality sector in China, which is super localized, and everything's slowing down now too, right? So the economy is slowing down,、uh, the tech industry is also slowing down. So it seems like a really weird time to talk about scaling quickly in China. And then I think another piece of this episode that just came together magically is that I'd also recently met. A reporter in Beijing, Hui Zhongwu, who wrote this great article, and I think one of the few articles out there, really outlining Oyo's strategy and success in China. So I thought it'd be great、um, if we could talk to her and also talk about、um, Oyo's success here, and then also what it means for foreign startups in China. Yeah, and that's why it's so good. We actually interviewed Hui Zhong, the reporter based in Beijing, that wrote this article about Oyo. My name is Hui Zhong. I am a journalist. I live in Beijing, and I used to live in New Delhi. And I am from the United States. Oyo or Oyo is a startup in the hospitality industry. I think they're about five years old. Essentially, a hotel aggregator of sorts. They are a startup that's trying to build a complete brand. I think across 
towns and cities all across in the country, whether that's India or that's China. And they're trying to make it a cohesive brand. At the same time, though, it is a budget hotel chain, and it's very clearly targeting like uh, small hotels that I think have been ignored by traditional chains. So just to give everyone some context about OU's success or how quickly they're growing in China, I'll just you know throw out some numbers from Hui Zhong's article, which is that OU says it has 340,000 rooms in China, and that's after you know just entering the Chinese market at the end of 2017.、Mm. For comparison, Airbnb, as of March 2018, they claim they have over 150,000. So that's less than half of what Oyo claims it has in China now. And Oyo is the market leader in India, and in India they only have about 170,000 rooms. Yeah, so it's clear that they've done really well in China. You know, better than their home market, and they're doing better than Airbnb. Who's been in China for a longer period of time and actually has a stronger brand? I would argue globally, right? And this is the fascinating part, considering as well that you know most of their rooms are in tier three, four, five, six cities, segments of China where it's really hard to operate if you're a foreign company with a foreign culture and you don't really know how to do business on these sometimes very rural parts of China. Yeah, and actually, from what Hui Zhong said. It sounds like their motto is pretty simple. So they basically help hotel owners shape up their hotel a little bit,、um, kind of standardize experience and fit it under the Oyo brand. So I guess I'm wondering, like, you know, in your conversation with her, what did she find out from the CFO about how Oyo has been able to do well? Because as you know, China has lots of hospitality companies and platforms here, like Seatrip and Meituan Dinping. Yeah. Based on our conversation, it seems like Oyo found the perfect way to enter market because their concept is kind of light and heavy at the same time. They are not a chain hotel, which means that they don't require any local small hotel owner to you know totally renovate, spend a bunch of money. Pay a licensing fee, you know, change their name and brand and everything. They actually just require the local hotel to adhere to some tiny standards and you know upload themselves onto the Oyo platform, and they actually don't even charge a technology fee or stuff like that. So it's very low entrance barrier. And the main reason why it apparently works very well in China is because, especially out in the tier three, four, five, six cities, you have a lot of local business people. People, you know that have opened small boutique hotels just as another way to park money and make money. You know they also own a restaurant and a store and whatnot. So they are actually not professional hospitality people. And Oyo can actually then leverage their expertise in the area, educate them, and actually you know help them to run the hotels much more efficient. Yeah, and also I think what was I found surprising is that I believe eighty percent of Oyo's properties in China are. In tier three or smaller cities, so not places like Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, Shenzhen. There's this idea that China's lower tier cities are still like a huge untapped market, right? Like people talk about Pinduoduo, which is this、uh, e-commerce site that's you know grew so quickly, people were talking about it like、uh, an Alibaba competitor. 
and like let's say in live streaming people talk about kwaishol of people in the boonies or in very small cities kind of live streaming their life and that taking off yeah and uh, maybe this is just very subjective data but i feel also that domestic tourism in china have started to change that a lot of more people are trying to you know get out there in on the countryside in the smaller cities to explore whatever that is because people obviously grew tired of going to shanghai or beijing all the time you know you know you only need to see the forbidden city once and then you're basically done yeah so i mean i guess i can see why what's in it for oyo in terms of fast expansion in smaller cities right by working with hotel owners um versus the chains which is already saturated or already dominates space but i guess like what's in it for the hotel owners themselves like why would they join oyo when there's stuff like meituan jinping or you know like why what's oyo's pitch So, Oyo's whole business, I think they're really focused on hotel owners. They are aggregating individual hotels under the Oyo brand, and they're trying to standardize that experience to a certain extent, but not to the level of like a chain hotel. So, when they approach hotel owners, um I think the biggest selling point that they try to emphasize is that we can raise your occupancy rates. Chain hotels usually their occupancy rate is 75% or above, right? And I think I noted in my reporting that Hunting, which is I think this, uh, one of the largest chains in China, their occupancy rate for one quarter was like eighty nine percent or something like that. Yeah, so <laughs> you're just like, what? These hotels are always full. Um, that's crazy to think about. So there's a reason why individual hotel owners would join a big established brand like that, right? And Oyo, they were finding that the, the individual hotel owners who weren't part of any brand, their hotel occupancy rate was something like thirty percent. So their whole argument is look like if we can even raise you to 50%, yeah, maybe you're spending a little more but and maybe the margins are a bit tighter because, you know, they're going to make you lower your prices, right? According to OIO's like pricing strategy. But we're bringing you x amount more business. Um I think what was fascinating was though they they were always like oh China's doing so well and they were always there was always this comparison in their minds to China, right? And how how can India become like China? So so far I do feel like Oyo's value proposition though is something that could be easily seized or taken by one of its domestic competitors, right? Like this is not a fledgling industry. It's not like ride hailing when Uber and DD were going at it, right? Where it was like very fresh or even with let's say when eBay was trying to build up e-commerce in China. Like I think the hospitality industry is fairly established and mature here or that's how it seems at least in big cities like for example if i'm booking a hotel i'll open dianping and i'll you know look for hotels there or i'll look at sea trip so yeah i'm just wondering how is it like now that oyo has a higher profile and people realize like there's all these hotel owners in smaller cities i wonder what's stopping these other big tech firms from just snatching up other partners Yeah, I think that's an impressive part, right? Because in the travel market in China, we're having Sea Trip, Meituan Dianping, but also all the other travel services backed by Alibaba and whatnot, and they're actually dominating the market. In theory, this should be a very hard market to enter, especially from a foreign company. And uh, Hui Zhong also mentioned that Sea Trip actually have their kind of copycat of Oyo's model, but are far smaller. So with all the information we've got so far, it just seems that Oyo are really good at executing in China and being able to beat their local competitors in terms of time to market and run much faster than them, which is 
again, very weird because that's usually what we say that the Chinese local companies are really good at compared to foreign companies. And the other part of this answer is I think OIO is like a really Chinese company. Just from my interview with Wilson, the CFO, he was he was saying like basically everyone in the company speaks Chinese. Nobody really uses English, right? They have around 6,000 staffers, employees, and those are all Chinese people that they hired. It's not like they hired a bunch of Indian people from OIO's like quarters in India and brought them here. Something else that I think which other foreign companies can learn from in this OYO case is that it's a very Chinese company, you know, in in China, at least. The CFO, right, that uh, Hui Zhong spoke to in her article, um, he's Chinese. There's Chinese companies that have sizable stakes in the company. Um, I believe there is a Chinese hotel chain, I think Kwaju Group. They had put in about $10 million into OYO as well. So it's you know, like in that sense, I wonder if it's not really helpful to think of it as an Indian company in China just because it's so localized. It's kind of in stark contrast with other foreign companies that enter China and they tend to keep like foreigners or, you know, they'll send people or parachute people from headquarters into China, right, to get things started. Or management is not as localized. Um, although I think Uber, right, Uber China, from what I heard, was pretty local as well in terms of its staffing and management and decision making. Yeah, I mean, in theory, it sounds easy, right? Uh, you enter a new country, you hire locals because they understand the country, the culture, the language, whatever, much better than you do. And I cannot imagine that a bunch of the senior executives at either Amazon or Uber or Groupon didn't understand that. Of course, they've understood it. And of course, they've done according to that playbook. But still, why did they fail and companies like Oyo are able to succeed? I think that's the critical question here. I mean, I would love to know, you know, how the founder of Oyo, um, Ritesh Agarwal, like how he found people at the executive level that he could trust in China. Because I think, I think hiring and finding good Chinese partners... I mean, it comes up all the time. Like when I cover tech full time, it's something that entrepreneurs would bring up a lot or founders who are looking for a co-founder that could help them locally or, you know, help them succeed in China. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's that easy to just kind of hand off um, your company when you're trying to expand in a, in a very promising but challenging market like China and just be like, okay, I'm going to just find someone to be the CFO or like the, the head person in China and find like a local um, in a market that I'm not familiar with, right? Yeah, actually, I think that could be probably one of the main reasons why a lot of foreign companies fail because they come from a totally different culture. And at the same time as the global CEO or the founder needs to find someone they can trust and kind of have a personality match with, that local person also got to understand the local market. And there might be some collisions there. Uh, Maybe I'm putting myself out on a leash now, but I mean, I am the worst possible person ever to operate any business in tier three. But because I grew up in Sweden, maybe it's easy for me to get trust from a Swedish CEO or whatnot. And so maybe I would get hired for that China CEO job, But truth to be told, I'm probably the last person they should send out to that tier four city. It is very chaotic. 
I mean, people are able to function within the chaos, right? And like, there are informal ways to operate in India. You have to know, like, you have to have people who know all these different languages, which a lot of Indians are like very multilingual. I think another interesting part about Oyo is its roots in India, right? And I, for me, that's interesting because um, if you look at most of the tech companies that try to enter China, at least the big ones like Amazon or eBay or Uber, or whatever, their home market is the U.S. And the U.S. is a market where Chinese startups have a pretty small presence, relatively speaking. Whereas India is the exact opposite. There's a lot of Chinese tech companies that do really well and are market leaders. Just in thinking of it that way, it makes it all the more surprising to see an Indian startup um, thriving or at least for now growing quickly in China. Yeah, the more I think about this, the more it just makes sense that it's a strength for them to come from such a chaotic market as India, where you have different tax regulations everywhere, different languages everywhere, lack of infrastructure, you know, way more varied type of cultures between different areas of the country than in China. And actually, one of the main challenges that hit Western brands when they enter China is that they have this kind of very coherent pricing strategy, coherent brand strategy, and they're used to working in way more controlled environments than China. So they kind of mess it up a little bit here when they enter this market. They don't localize the product enough, and they kind of have these global brand guidelines that, that they need to kind of adhere to. While if you come from the Indian perspective, it just feels like that everything is so much better. You know, you can charge more for your products. So you, you don't need to think about, oh, do I need to drop my price to fit the local Chinese tier three target group? Everything is easier compared to India, right? With maybe slightly more coherent tax legislation. Everyone you talk to basically talks the same language, you know? That makes you feel it's so much easier. So it just feels like when you come from a much tougher environment, then entering China makes it feel like everything is so easy and you can catch the momentum much faster. And I also think that something that is different about Oyo, say, compared to Airbnb or Google or other foreign companies, tech companies or startups in China, is that they don't really advertise the fact that they're Indian, mm -hmm. right? Like, for example, if you're from Airbnb or Google, like part of your brand power is maybe that you're a global brand or that you're from, coming from the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. But Oyo is so localized. Like, I did talk about the management earlier, but I think just to emphasize, like, structurally, the Oyo in its entity in China is separate from its Indian entity, I believe. It's owned by, like, a parent company called Oyo Global, but it is also owned by, I think, a bunch of private Chinese investors as well. And one line that I really remember from uh, Hui Zhong's piece is that uh, she had interviewed the CFO and he said, like, I believe we are a Chinese company. You know, in some ways, maybe they're the top level management, right? And Oyo Global is the same. But I guess what I was trying to say is that it doesn't feel weighed down by its brand in India, it's not even relevant in China, right? It's just, it kind of is built up 
from scratch. Yeah, I think the big learning from this is that when you enter such a complex market as China, especially if you're going after super high growth in tier three or lower, where the real opportunities of China are right now, then you need to come in here with a blank slate. You can't be weighed down by your global expectations of your brand or your product or whatnot, because this is such a big market, and you need to be able to localize without needing to, you know, check with the global team all the time. And or even think about that, and actually just create something that works here, both in terms of work processes, but also your product. Yeah, I think like the basic structure or the bare bones of Oyo, in the sense that it works with budget hotel owners and it's a hotel aggregator. It's that's obviously the same in India, but other than that, they've kind of given themselves free reign to totally adapt to the local market. And I do feel that some foreign companies, when they come. Into China, there is this pressure and expectation, maybe from themselves, and also because they're bigger or more well known,、um, that there has to be some consistency in the branding and、um, how the company feels or the company culture, right, in their home market, and then that has to match also in the Chinese market. Whereas I guess Oyo isn't doesn't really have that pressure or burden,、um, which means it's just like I said earlier, adapted perhaps、um, more naturally to the Chinese、uh, hospitality market. Yeah, and for me, that's the interesting learning and angle in this because right now there are a lot of brands abroad that are thinking about how to monetize on the huge Chinese market. You know, we've all seen the millions of articles from McKinsey or whatnot about the growing middle class and all that stuff. And the question is actually, how do you do it? It's not that there's potential; everyone's realized that. But how do you actually monetize on that potential? And what we see right now is that because the Chinese market is so strong and so big. It grows a culture of its own, and any time you come in here with two coherent global whatever products or price, then it's actually going to be your main weakness and not your main strength. It actually reminds me a bit about you know, like in China, there's a lot of these startups, Chinese startups that start as being like the、mm-hmm. XX, but for China, you know, like the Facebook, but for China type of thing, right? I remember this is a few years ago, but Tuzia, which is also like a、um, hospitality startup,、um, a platform where you can rent out different places or stay at different places when you travel. So very similar to Oyo, it's in the same industry, right? I remember a few years ago when I was at Tech in Asia, one of my colleagues、um, wrote about Tuzia, right? And Tuzia was,、um, for a moment in time, it was described as the Airbnb of China. And then they, where they were also, you know,、um, helping people rent out rooms, like you know, if you had an extra room in your apartment or whatever. And then they realized that、mm. something unique about China is that there are a lot of people who own houses that don't live there, you know. And then they started. There's people that just have empty property, and they need to monetize it. So then they'll also register their property on Tuzia,、um, or maybe agents, right, who are in charge of empty properties, but they want to fill it up,、um, and that being part of their platform. If you think about it that way, you know, they started off as maybe the Airbnb of China, and then they adapted to their own market by finding unique things about China that you know maybe if they had stuck to like the Airbnb model. They wouldn't have been able to take advantage of it, and I guess if you think of Oyo as acting like a Chinese startup or a local company here, that's another reason why they've done so well. Is that you know it's very similar to how a Chinese startup that maybe starts by well, let's say mimicking a foreign startup or a foreign predecessor and then molding it to the Chinese market.
I mean, so like in general, um, foreign startups do not do very well in China. Um, there are very few examples of ones that have succeeded, like Chunar, which one of the co-founders is um, American, right? Fritz Demopoulos. But um, yeah, I guess I wonder, like, what do you think? Do you think that this is just kind of a short period of success, right? Like Uber China was kind of battling head to head with DD for a while. And I'd heard from people working there at Uber China that, you know, they entrusted a lot of decisions to local staff. They had very creative marketing that was very localized, targeting like white collar young people in China, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, they also, um, I mean, actually Uber China is cited as a more positive example of a foreign startup in China because they were able to sell their business, right? Um, versus just totally collapsing. So, I mean, do you think that Oyo will um, continue to do well, continue to scale, sell out to its many competitors, um, be crushed by Meituan and Dimping? You know, like, what are your thoughts? I think they've solved the hardest part, which is getting so many thousands of hotels on board, trusting them with their business, changing their brand, you know, redecorating based on OYO's guidelines. So that's the hard part. The easy part is actually, you know, generating enough traffic, but that's also a challenge in China because very few players control the internet traffic in China, you know, Alibaba or Ctrip or whatnot. And because OYO is blocked from many of the largest travel marketplaces in China, they got to generate their traffic by, the, by themselves. And that is just a unit economics play. Like, can they find cheap enough marketing to, to drive enough traffic to these hotels they've signed up before the hotels leave them for someone else, such as Ctrip? But with a billion dollars from SoftBank, at the end of the day, it's just giving out free money or doing marketing as all the other Chinese startups do it. And hopefully that will lead them to some type of growth and profitability. No matter what, I think this is a very interesting topic because we don't talk about India very often in this podcast because we're focused on China. But And, and this is the first time I've actually studied any Indian startup closer and it very much impresses me to see a company from India being able to even outcompete some local Chinese competitors. Yeah, like I mentioned before, Chinese tech startups have done really well in other emerging markets like with the Chinese smartphone, smartphone brands in India and also TikTok, right? So it's cool to see the reverse happening. And with that, as always, thanks for listening. Please feel free to reach out to us if you have any feedback on this episode or any ideas for upcoming. My Twitter handle is at T-O-M-X-I-O. And my Twitter handle is at E-V-A-W-X-I-A-O. 